Late Night Wrestling Pod with your host, Brandon Stroh. Welcome everybody to episode 49 of the Late Night Wrestling Pod. I am your host, Brandon Sir. Always hit me up on Twitter at Late Night Pod 11. Hit me up on Gmail or shoot me an email at Late Night Wrestling Pod at gmail.com or look me up on Instagram at the Late Night Wrestling Pod. Uh, tonight's episode is the Great American Bash 1989, but before we get to that, I've done it again. It is August 2nd, Wednesday, uh, and I have got myself in quite the hole. I have not built up a <sighs> reservoir of episodes to ensure that I can keep these out on time. I'm recording August 2nd for the August 3rd episode. And I know a lot of podcasters do it that way, but I have a full-time job and a family. So I'm kind of worried that I may not be able to get this episode out on time. And if I can't, I'll, I'll put it out Friday or something. But, or late, late, even later than 11.05 on Thursday. Because if I have to, I can record it up until the point that I publish it. So I finished Jedi Survivor. Very good game, and now I've got turned on to Star Wars Battlefront 2. I'm currently playing the campaign, and it seems like another game I can become obsessed with, which is not good for me or this show, and um, I have got to work on managing getting myself out of this rut where I am only watching 15, 20 minutes of wrestling a night, and I'm having trouble getting these shows in. Having trouble recording in a perfect world, well, in a perfect world, I would have had three or four episodes back-to-back, but I don't, and in a perfect world, I would have started recording this Sunday, I would have had this finished by Tuesday, and it would be ready to publish on Thursday at 11, but that's not the world we live in. So, what's going on with wrestling the AEW Wembley show is apparently going to be a traditional pay-per-view. And they're going to have another pay-per-view one week later. And they have just announced tonight on Dynamite the main event for the Wembley show, which will be Adam Cole versus MJF. If I'm being completely honest, I'm a little underwhelmed with it. Uh, I think the Adam Cole-MJF storyline is kind of funny, but it's nothing great. I, it's actually kind of campy. I like the vicious, brutal fucking MJF. But that's not what we're getting. We're getting laughs and jokes. It reminds me of MJF when he first joined the inner circle. My question is, who's going to turn on who? I really don't want to see MJF as a baby face. So that's for fucking sure. And we will see, I guess, at All In. And then maybe a week later in All Out. They really need to put this shit on streaming. If they want me to watch these pay-per-views, I'm not paying $50, especially a week apart. They got to put this shit on HBO Max or the Max, whatever the fuck they're calling it these days. Because I am just simply, there's very few pay-per-views I'm going to dish out the $50 for. Especially because the WWE is offering them all for free. Um, I hope that everybody enjoyed last week's SmackDown episode. At this point in time, it is six days old, and it's got about the average amount of downloads and streams and everything like that. The 
winner, the number one, is still the Raw after WrestleMania season finale. That is still the top dog around here. And in second place, um, what is second place? All or uh, yeah, all in the Indie Mania episode. So maybe this episode can be a sneaker, a sleeper hit. I should say. I doubt it because the older episodes don't tend to fare as well. Even the early two thousand episodes, they get like a a they get like a average amount, my average, but the older episodes get the least amount. Actually, my TNA impact episodes get the least amount. And the the newer stuff, stuff from the last five years is what really you know, kind of moves the needle. And I, I really just don't want to watch it again. So that's where we're at with that. Oh, one other thing I keep, I don't know, my brain's all over the place. Um, the CM Punk real world champion. I don't know how I feel about the storyline. I thought it was cool that he spray painted the X on the belt, but don't know how I feel about it. It's kind of been done before. It's played the fuck out. And I like Ricky Starks and everything, but, you know, not world champion-like. All right, let's just go ahead and hop into the show. So we have the Great American Bash 1989 from Baltimore, Maryland. And we start off with a battle royal. Let me explain this. So tonight's... uh, Semi-main event is a War Games match, so there's two rings. And we start out with a battle royal where it's 14 men, I think, in each ring. And the final two will fight it out for a $50,000 check. And apparently, there was 14 battle royals for this beforehand and the winner of this battle royals got to qualify for this battle royal so i think it's seven in each ring i can't really remember i see sullivan rotunda steiners dr death psycho sid terry gordy brian pillman and so they're all in ring two and uh ranger ross and simmons start in uh Ring two, Simmons elimin- uh, gets eliminated from ring two. Scott Hall and Terry Gordy are uh, in ring two, and there's a whole bunch of throughout this entire match technical difficulty flashes. Like the WWE Network or Peacock or whatever says, like we are presenting this to you in the best form we can due to technical difficulties. So I'm like, whatever, I don't really give a shit. I'm having trouble keeping up with this. Finally, Pillman and Psycho Sid are left in ring one. Uh, Sid is a survivor in ring one after eliminating Pillman. Finally, uh, Mike Rotunda, Dr. Death, Spivey are left in ring two. Dr. Death eliminates Rotunda and Spivey eliminates Dr. Death. So that leaves Dan Spivey and... Psycho Sid Vicious, who are tag team partners, they are the skyscrapers, and they have the option to wrestle each other, and the winner gets 50 grand. Well, Teddy Long, who's their manager, comes in the ring and says, they ain't wrestling, they're just splitting the money. Nothing else to it, they're just splitting the money. Okay, that could have been a build-up to a storyline, but okay. 
Oh, let's go ahead and play Teddy Long's clip. Another technical Our colleague from the Wrestling warning. News Network, Gordon Soley, will be standing by in just a few moments with the winners of the Battle Royal. And let's matter of fact, they're standing by now. Let's go to Gordon Soley. Right now is the manager of the skyscrapers, if you will, Mr. Theodore Long. A very, very cool move on your part. Well, let me say something to you, Mr. Gordon Soley. I've told you, I've told the people, and now I've proved it, that I've got two of the most vicious men in professional wrestling today. They're undefeated. They just won $50,000 right here and won the Triple Crown, okay? So all we're waiting on now is Ricky Steamboat, the Steiners, Ric Flair, Bring them on. The Road Warriors, it don't make any difference to us. And anybody like Sting, if they're afraid to go against one of the skyscrapers by themselves, then, pal, get your partner, because we're going to take care of everybody in the NWA. Jim Hurd doesn't like it. The NWA doesn't like it. And I know you don't like it, but there's nothing that nobody can do about it. We're the winners, number one, and we're going to take care of each and every opponent that we step in the ring with. And don't you people forget it. We other best. Thank you so very much, Mr. Theodore Long. Time to go back to the ring for more action. All right, so we go back to the ring where Brian Pillman, Flying Brian, will wrestle Bill Irwin. Irwin attacks Pillman um, right off the cuff. Pillman does a head scissors to Irwin out of the ring. Um, lots of arm drags by Pillman, crossbodies suplexes by bill irwin um he just keeps throwing pillman outside bill irwin does a good job being very vocal during this match but brian pillman gets the crossbody one two three your winner flying brian pillman cincinnati's own flying brian pillman out and now let's join gordon Sully with paul e dangerously in the back a few moments uh, you're going to go into the ring against Jim Cornette. You realize the only way you can win the match is to strip his tuxedo from him. See, that's what everybody's been telling me. To win the match this, to win the match that. I am not concerned with winning this match. That's the point I've been trying to tell everybody. I don't care if I win. I'm here for one reason. I'm going to take Jim Cornette out. O-U-T, out! Because you see, in 1986, I was a photographer, and I saw Jimmy Cornette fall off a scaffold in Starcade, and I saw his knee come completely out. Paid off his doctor, and I know one thing, Jimmy Cornette, your knee is not recovered completely. Your knee is still in bad shape. As a matter of fact, I know for a fact that you're wearing a knee brace. You are not ready for this match. I'm going to take you out, my man. I'm obsessed with your demise. I've done everything I possibly can to prepare for this. I've been living 
living dangerously all my life. I stand on a beach when a hurricane comes in. I've leaned over the top of the Empire State Building. Hey, I've even hired Rob Lowe as a babysitter. I'm ready for you, my man. I'm ready for this match. Win, lose, or draw. They're going to have to call me the greatest manager in wrestling. Because after tonight, my man, you'll never be able to walk again. You're going to be hobbling around like a Vietnam victory. Well, some very hard words from Paulie. Dangerously, Jim Cornette facing a man now that he knows his strategy. He's going to be injured if Paulie dangerously can handle it. Back to the ring. All right. So next up, we have the dynamic dudes consisting of Shane Douglas and, of course, Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis versus the Skyscrapers. Sid and Dan Spivey. Skyscrapers are now $50,000 richer. Um, Sid, for whatever reason, is wearing chaps. Ace and Spivey start out. Double drop kicks, Irish whips, uh, monkey flips, all kinds of shit. Not feeling the dynamic dudes here. And uh, I just saw the, uh, Dan Spivey on Dark Side of the Ring just the other week. Big pop when Sid gets tagged in. Sid is super over. Spivey does a razor's edge on Douglas. We get a We Want Sid chant. And a Ace does a second uh, rope clothesline for a two count. Double drop kick and hip toss to Sid. Spivey uh, with a terrible looking fucking powerbomb. It is just terrible. Go back and watch Dan Spivey's powerbomb. It is god awful. Um, one, two, three. The winner, the skyscrapers. All right, up next we have Paul Heyman, or Paulie Dangerously, I should say, versus Jim Cornette in the tuxedo match. But before that, let's go to some comments from Jim Cornette. With me in moments ago, I was talking to Paul Dangerously. He told me, Jim, he isn't worried about winning the match at all. He wants to cripple you. Well, let me tell you, so you know, Paulie Dangerously, he's done his homework. He was exactly right on all his facts. At Starcade 86, I did get knocked off that scaffold, and I did blow my knee completely out. I suffered a torn anterior cruciate ligament. I underwent surgery. I was in a hospital for a while, and I still have to wear a brace because orthoscopic surgery couldn't repair it sufficiently. So you've done your homework right, Paulie. But I'll tell you this. This is a chance for me to prove myself. This is a chance for me to get some satisfaction, not only for myself, but for all those people across the country who would like to take one of these and put it upside your head. And that's why I don't care. If you break one of my legs, I'll come hopping to you. If you break both of my legs, I'll crawl like a belly, like a reptile on my belly to get to you, Polly. Because I want some satisfaction. You've tried everything that you could think of to take my place in the NWA. You've copied my men. You've copied their moves. You've copied my dirty tricks and my cheap tactics. You have tried to take my place. But the only way you'll ever take my place, Polly, is when I'm six feet under, and if you want me there, you're going to have to put me there yourself. You ain't man enough to do it, and I'm going to prove something right here. Because if there's one time in his life that Jim Cornette needed to get physical and needed to win a fight, then, brother, it's right now, and I'm going to get at everything I got. And part of it's going to be for me, but part of it's going to be for all those people who have supported me, and after all the things that I've done in the past, has said, Jim Cornette, we're on your side. I'm getting out of here. Well, all right, we're going to the ring, and let's hope it's not the end of the career for Jim Cornette. Let's go. All right, so I have to say it's kind of strange to see babyface Jim Cornette here. So this is a tuxedo match where it's uh, very similar to the old Braun panties matchup where the way to win the match is to strip the 
tuxedo off of your opponent. So going to ringside, there's a WWF Stinks sign and it is censored in the crowd. Jim Cornette comes out with a big pop. Jim Cornette uh, grabs Polly's coat. Polly throws the baby powder into Jim Cornette's eyes. Polly is hitting Jim Cornette's knee uh, with the big ass cellular phone. And you can hear Jim Cornette uh, yelling to Paul, Dane, Paul Heyman, like, do the other knee, the other knee. So apparently um, they had worked out where Paul Heyman was going to attack the knee that Jim Cornette hurt at Starcade. Well, Paul Heyman was attacking the wrong knee, and Jim Cornette here was correcting him. Uh, Paul E. with more powder kicked to the face. Jim Cornette pulls off uh, Paul E. Dangerously's pants. Your winner, Jim Cornette. And there's baby powder all over the ring, and it will be there for the rest of the fucking night. All right, let's go to a Gary Hart interview. Gary Hart is managing the challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship this week. This uh, show, Terry Funk. Gary Hart says he doesn't want his concentration broken because, of course... Gary Hart is also managing the great mood, I should tell you. The television championship is coming up. World TV title is probably only second to the World Heavyweight Championship, which Terry Funk owns at this time. But I'll guarantee you one sting, sting, as good as you are and as much as you love that title, remember, the great Muda is undefeated. And the great Muda is the best that the Orient has to offer. And today, right here in Baltimore, throughout the world, the world will know that Japan, when it comes to the best athletes, they do possess the best card. Is he in top shape? Muda is ready, willing, and able. At the present time, he's in meditation. He is calling the powers of the mystic Orient into his own being. Thank you so very much, Gary Hart. Tag team action upcoming in the ring, so let's go back to the squared circle. All right. Gary Hart is very, uh, he's almost sedated. He's a very subdued Gary Hart. All right, next up, we have the Varsity Club with Mike Rotunda and Kevin Sullivan versus the Steiner Bros. This is a Texas Tornado match uh, where it's no disqualification. Rick Steiner comes in with a chair. Um, The powder is still all over the ring. Scott Steiner hip uh, hip tosses Mike Rotunda. It's weird seeing Sullivan as like a varsity guy and you know, not a Satanist or a taskmaster, uh, double clothesline to, um, a double clothesline by the varsity club to Scott Steiner, Scott Steiner with a crossbody to Kevin Sullivan. One, two, three, your winner is the Steiner brothers and they are over huge. All right. We're going to go to the back again where there's a, where, uh, Gordon Sully is interviewing the man they call sting in preparation for his TV title match. Indeed, I do have Sting, the world television champion, with me. You're facing a man in just a moment who is undefeated in the NWA. That's why I'm keeping it toned down a little bit right now. Normally, I like to go nuts even when I talk to you. First time for me and you, Gordon Sully, Eddie, and the camera, everybody here. I just can't stand still. It's hard for me to stand still, but I know that i got to keep everything inside of me because I do have a lot of respect for Muda. He's got a great style, similar to mine, and I have a lot of respect and I'm just going to keep it together and stay serious and head to the ring right now because it's coming up. Eddie, I got to go. I'm serious. I got to get this thing going. We're done over. 
I, I kind of know what he's feeling right now. I've been with him for three hours now. We've been sitting and talking about this. This is just not a last-minute thing. Sting is up for probably the most biggest match of his career, the most important. I've seen him since the beginning. The only thing I've asked of him is tonight, let's see the best Sting has, because I, like him, have a lot of respect for the great Muda. But the guy I don't have respect for is Gary Hart, and I'm going to keep him out of the picture. Let's see who the better man is. Fair enough. Well, that match is upcoming, so as the glory days continue in the Great American Bash, let's go back to the squared circle for this world championship event all right so the great muda with gary hart is challenging sting the tv champion sting is with has hot stuff eddie gilbert with them um it's funny i'm reading uh todd gordon's book todd is god and right now the chapter is pretty much about his relationship with eddie gilbert uh sting um leaps uh to the ring from the ramp on the Muda. Muda does a top rope judo chop. Muda with a springboard elbow. He misses a moon uh, a moonsault and lands on his feet. Muda crossbody to the outside. Sting uh, does a drop kick body slam. Um, this has been a pretty exciting match so far. Sting with the military press, then a uh, misses an elbow drop. And now there's a Muda chant. Sting with the Bulldog. The referee gets hit with the mist. Sting misses the Stinger Splash. Muda hits the Moonsault, but only gets a two count. Sting does a back suplex. One, two, three, winner and still TV champion Sting. However, Jim Ross um, notes that both men's shoulders were on the ground. Gary Hart grabs a TV belt, and uh, they both walk off to the back. So I don't know if that was intentional or what. Um, I'm not going to really follow up. So if you know, hit me up on Twitter at late night pod 11 or shoot me an email at late night wrestling pod at gmail.com and let me know how that storyline progressed with Gary Hart just grabbing the belt. <clears throat> this was a very good matchup. I had to say I've seen lots of, uh, Muda matches, but they tend to be when he was older in the later nineties, I actually saw him wrestle in WCW live once, but, um, yeah, so let me know how that goes. We are going to go back to the back uh, where Gordon Sully is interviewing Lex Luger. Upcoming next, and it's one fall, no disqualification. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are this, Gordon. We go walk a long ways. You know that I say what I mean. I've had a team of attorneys here all day long, and I've got a big surprise for all you out there. Everyone the audience in Baltimore, but most of all, Ricky Steamboat. The NWA may be able to dictate, Gordon, who ranks number one, who ranks number two, but I am the total package. I am the greatest U.S. heavyweight champion of all time and the man to beat in this sport today. And nobody, and I mean nobody, dictates to me how to defend my U.S. heavyweight title. If there's going to be a match here tonight, it's going to be without any no disqualification, stipulation, a straight U.S. title match. Well, in other words, he's saying that if they don't waive that disqualification, there won't be a match. Interesting observation from the U.S. heavyweight champion Lex Luger. Are we talking about arrogance or prudence? Let's go to the ring now, then, and find out whether, indeed, this title match is going to take place here on the Great American Bash. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest, it is for the... All right. So we have Lex Luger versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. 
So Ricky the Dragon Steamboat comes out like standing on like a wooden slab that's carried by people. He's holding a Komodo dragon and he looks nervous as shit that he's going to lose his balance or somebody's going to drop him. Um, this match is supposed to be no disqualification, but Lex Luger says, hey, buddy, you want this match? There's going to be disqualifications. So they start with the lockup, but both men. Um, uh, uh, but they start with the lockup. And I should say both men have had the U.S. title three times at this point. They talk about how Lex Luger was Rookie of the Year in 1986 and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was Rookie of the Year in 1977. Holy shit. Uh, Luger with lots of strikes, body presses. Uh, Luger with three clotheslines, power slam for two count, swinging neckbreaker by Steamboat. Steamboat slams Luger off the top. Luger brings in the chair, but uh, Ricky stops him. And then uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat grabs the chair and attacks Luger with it. Ricky gets disqualified. Your winner by disqualification. The total package, Lex Luger. And he is still a U.S. champion. All right. So now we're getting to the war game section of this show. And I should just say this was a little, this was kind of hard to follow. Or, yeah, yeah, kind of hard to call. So I'm going to do my best with it. But before that, we have Jim or, uh, Jim Ross interviewing the war game teams. And it's Team Pauly versus Team um, Jim Cornette and Paul Ellering. So let's go ahead and play those clips real fast. Steamboat getting disqualified in that event. No wonder that Lex Luger wanted the no disqualification stipulation waived. And I think Ricky the Steamboat has got a big bone to pick with the NWA. I hope that he'll get a rematch and perhaps a no disqualification clause will be signed in that event. Well, fans, in just a few moments, as you can see in the background, they're going to be lowering the cage for the war games. We're going to hear right now from one of the teams that will be involved in the war games. Let's go now to that interview. Anybody with a half a brain, Michael, can take a look at their television set right now. And you tell me, baby, look into that tube. And if you look like us, would you be worried? No, 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 no. We don't care, do we? No, 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 no. Michael, tell them how we feel, will you? First of all, we don't have to care. The reason we don't have to care is we got what you want and you know what you can do you can want in one hand do what you know else in the other and see which one fills up first boys <laughs> because sitting right beneath us is the savage beast yes. that came across the yes. boat no they didn't let him on no jet airline no they didn't let him on no silver eagle they paddled across on a boat and they've been going in your face road warriors and they've gone down and the Midnight Express, the most technical team in professional wrestling, has had technical breakdowns. And then, who could forget Dr. Death, the meanest, awesome man in professional wrestling, until the 
the sight of Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Understand this. We go in the outdoor. We go up the downstairs. We are in and out of trouble. We're the talk of the town. And we get wild in the streets when the sun goes down. And the sun is set. And it's time for a war. You understand? They say, whoa, good guys, y'all. What is it good for? Tell them what it's good for. And be ah! just like this. You know what we're going to Those comments from the Freebirds and Samoan SWAT team. Remember, it's two five-man teams. One member of each team will start out for five minutes. I understand the coin toss was held before we went on the air. Yep. The yep. Freebird Samoan group has won the toss. That means that when the first five-minute period is up and another man is uh, allowed to enter the ring, Bob, it will be a member of the Samoan uh, Freebird contingent, making it two-on-one, so they will have the advantage yeah. until all ten have entered the ring and the war games begin. And speaking of uh, the other team, the other team is indeed awesome. Let's hear now their comments before we get started. You know, beautiful Bobby, it's only a matter of minutes until we're going to be in the toughest match of our career. A steel cage will encircle two rings. There's no way in and there's no way out. And brother, we're ready. Pound for pound, the toughest tag team in the world today. And people have been saying to us all day long, what are you guys going to be doing there with those crazy guys, the Samoans and the Freebirds? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to be doing. We're going to have Dr. Death Steve Williams and the Road Warriors watching their backs. And, brother, all hell's going to break loose. And when the smoke clears, we're going to be the victors. Come here, Dick Doc. What am I doing? I'm going bird catching. I'm flying around. And I'm looking for the birds because I'm a bird crusher. And you know something, I'm looking out here for my bug spray to kill the Samoyans. But let me tell you something. Bam Bam Terry Gordy comes out here and shoots his mouth off about dropping the bomb. Hey, Polly, look at the meat I have on my team. The Road Warriors? Hold it, guys. Hold it. Hey, hey, we've had our differences. That's right. But you know one thing? I'm a crazy man, and so are you guys. And there's one thing all three of us strive for, as being the toughest, being the meanest, being a winner, and coming on top every single time. As I promised the Midnight Express, I'll cover their backs if they cover mine. And all I gotta say is you are two tough cookies, and I'm one tough cookie who will cover your back. All right, Midnight Express! Dr. Death, the Road Warriors, Freebirds, the Mullins, you ain't got a chance in hell to beat us. See, the one thing that we all got in common, one time or another, you gotta jump our backs from behind. But you didn't get the job done because we're all standing right here, and today you're all gonna pay the warrior way. Tell them, Hawk. Right difference between us and every other stinking man on this planet is, is this. Some wrestlers get beat up by a single individual. 
and they're out for months. Well, five of them waylaid us, took me out of the stretcher, while I wasn't even out a week. When we get done with you, we're going for family members, boys. All right, so let's get to the War Games match. And once again, I am sorry I am rushing through this, but I've got a deadline. Uh, so it's the uh, Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team versus the Road Warriors, Midnight Express, and Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Uh, the Freebirds are shaking and jiving their way down the ring. Uh, the Road Warriors come out on their motorcycles, and this is War Games, baby. Jim Cornette, Paul Ellering, and Polly Dangerously are the managers, and they are at ringside. Jimmy Garvin and Bobby Eaton start out. Uh, Bobby Eaton gets a swinging netbreaker, atomic drop, a move that I very much miss. Uh, Jimmy Garvin throws Bobby Eaton into the cage, and Bobby Eaton has a large scratch on his back. Bobby Eaton uh, locks in the Boston Crab, and next in is Terry Gordy for two-minute intervals. Uh, Terry Gordy and um, Jimmy Garvin double-team Bobby Eaton. The ring still has baby powder all over it. Next in, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Dr. Death comes in with a uh, hot uh, double clothesline. Gordy and Williams are slugging it out. And uh, these two are future uh, All-Japan Tag Team Champions. That just dawned on me while I was reading this. Um, Dr. Body presses uh, Gordy um, while he's doing it. He's hitting his back against the ceiling. Uh, Next up is Samu. Uh, He goes after Dr. Death. Uh, Freebirds. uh, team has the advantage again. Next up is Animal. Uh, he starts clotheslining everyone. Animal with a big shoulder check uh, from one ring to the other. Next up is Fatu, a.k.a. the soon-to-be, oh, about seven, eight years, Rikishi Fatu. This match is physical, and it doesn't need weapons. Next up, Stan Lane uh, throws Gordy, Samu, and Fatu into the cage. Um Michael Hayes is in. He has like a series of DDTs. And the final participant, Hawk. The War Games has begun. Hawk starts uh, double clotheslining everyone. He chops Gordy up. And uh, Hawk uh, uh, gets uh, Garvin to the corner. And uh, this match is getting very hard to call. Lots of kicks and punches. Hawk with a neck breaker to Garvin, then sets him up for another neck breaker. But before he drops him, he just hangs him there, and Jimmy Garvin taps out the winner, Midnight Express, Road Warriors, and Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Pretty good uh, War Games match, especially without any weapons. And let's go to our main event. So before we do that, we have a Ric Flair promo. And I'm not going to play that, actually. It was a... Babyface Ric Flair didn't always have the best promos. Now, and this one is very subdued. So, now the um, Terry Funk comes out with Gary Hart. Ric Flair comes out with four women. Ric Flair is the only wrestler tonight to get pyro. Now, the farting, the fighting starts on the outside. Funk flings a chair into the ring. Funk um, gets his chops in on Flair. Then Flair gets his chops in on him. Funk uh, slaps Ric Flair and suplexes him. Jim Ross is doing great on commentary here. He does a great job describing everything. Funk goes for a pile driver, but Ric Flair back body drops him to the outside. Ric Flair then pile drives Terry Funk, does a second pile driver, and Terry Funk is no selling it. He keeps getting up. 
Uh, back suplex by Ric Flair. Puts it in the figure four. Hart hands Funk a branding iron, and he hits Flair with it to break free. Flair is now bleeding. Funk pile drives Ric Flair for a two count, and um, uh, Flair puts his foot on the rip to break up the count. Funk removes the mat at ringside and goes for a pile driver, but Ric Flair back body drops Terry Funk into all of the mats. Flair hits Funk with a branding iron. Funk is bleeding now, and Flair with the inside cradle, one, two, three, your winner and still world heavyweight champion, Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Ray Muda comes out and miss Ric Flair. Um, Funk and uh, Muda double-team Ric Flair. Sting comes in for the save. They fight up the aisle way, and the show is over. So that was that. Match of the night has to go to... Uh, I'm going to say it's a tie tonight. Sting and Muda in the War Games match. It was cool to see such a physical War Games match without weapons. And I'm not necessarily against weapons in it, but this match didn't need it. Uh, Sting and Muda had just the most exciting match of the night. It was really good. And uh, I there's not even a runner-up to that. It was a two-match show. Battle Royal was garbage. The technical quality of this show was pretty bad. And I just want to apologize again. I know I'm rushing through this. This is going to be a shorter episode so I can meet my deadline. But um, it is getting late. It is now August 3rd. This episode will be published in about uh, 23 hours. little under 23 hours. 22 hours and 45 minutes. Then I still have to edit it and put in the music and everything. So without further ado, always hit me up on Twitter at LateNightPod11. Hit me up on Instagram at the Late Night Wrestling Pod. Shoot me an email at late night wrestling pod at gmail.com. Next week, we have the episode of Raw where Kane loses his mask. I'm looking forward to that for a big episode 50. As always, it is getting late. You have to work in the morning. I have to work in the morning. I still have to edit all this shit. And this should be out on time. I'm glad I was able to get it done. I will see you all next week for Kane's Unmasking. Peace.